He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys with you. And, of course, we are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything that they have to offer. No better way to keep up with golf in this state. Uh, what's happening collegially, on tour, just the works. GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out. You can also find us, the73rdhole.com. Find us on social media, 73rd Hole, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Great tournament this week at the concession. WGC, of course, it's been in Chapultepec in Mexico. They moved it from from Mexico to Florida this year for COVID, uh, as well as some various other reasons um, that that have kind of just been floated. You know, maybe it just wasn't really working out that great in Mexico. So now they've moved it to Florida. So World Golf Championship this week coming off Riviera last week. This is kind of the first. You, you know, we've got this, and then a couple weeks we got the players, and then we start to get into major championship season. But you know, the first WGC kind of marks the turn from the West Coast swing toward getting more into Florida and that part of the PGA Tour schedule. Yeah, this this for, for golf fans is really the start of, of a magical run. I mean, we've got first WGC, like you said, Kobe. We're proceeding into Bay Hill, one of the most legendary tournaments because of Arnold Palmer. Then we've got the players right after that. Then we proceed to go into it. We're going to have the WGC match play before, before it's coming up. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be um, April at Augusta. And then even after that, the major championships just kind of keep, keep coming in and in. And then I'm not even going to get as far down the line as Ryder Cup and Olympics and all that, but this this gentleman, this truly is the time period start of what technically is the, in my opinion, the best part of the golf season. I agree, and and not to mention not just the golf tournaments. The golf might be better than we we've ever seen it in our lifetime. I mean, I'm 25 years old, but you still got the older guys such as the Phil Mickelsons who are still playing, or the Tiger Woods of the world. But you also got the new guys, and the DJs are now they're veterans on tour, and you got the younger guys like Hovland and Wolf. I mean, so the, these tournaments are wide open, and it's going to be really fun golf to watch. So yeah, absolutely it is, and uh, a lot of good things happening with the podcast as well. Obviously the sponsor uh pardon me the partnership with golf oklahoma which we're really excited about and then uh in the next day or two we're gonna have taylor gooch we're gonna have an interview with him coming your way so make sure you keep an eye out for that we should have some good time with taylor gooch he was just in uh, max homa's group this past sunday great friends with max homa so we'll talk to him about what it was like to see his friend win such a prestigious event and then moving forward where he plays next all that good stuff happening on the pga tour so before we get into the preview of what's going to happen this week at the concession down in florida a couple stories in the game of golf. One of them's from last week, but we missed it. It, it came out Wednesday of last week after we had recorded uh, our preview, and I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on Mike Wan being named the new CEO of the USGA, the United States Golf Association. Of course, for a long time, it's been Mike Davis, and Mike Davis has probably been more front and center in a lot of controversies than maybe Mike Davis would have expected when he got to the USGA. Obviously, some of the stuff with the U.S. Open, uh, what happened with DJ, with, with his ball moving on the green, getting penalized the year that he won in the U.S. Open. Mike Wan, of course, has been the LPGA commissioner for 11 years. The LPGA is as strong now as it's ever been. They've got a 34-tournament uh, schedule now. It was a 24-tournament schedule when he took over. The The purse, the total season-long purse for the LPGA has gone from $41 million to $76 million under Mike Wan. He has grown the LPGA exponentially, and now he 
he'll be taking over as the head of the USGA this summer. So, uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on Mike Wan? Yeah, yeah. First of all, congratulations to Mike. He is, I'm reading right here, became the eighth top executive in USGA history. This is an organization, guys, that was founded before 1900. So to be that on eight of people in over a century of time, that's saying something, something you should be proud of. And like you mentioned, Colby, Mike Davis – He's notoriously known. We, we go all the way back to the rules controversies with DJ. And, you know, they, they try to be progressive with, with the rules changes. And one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, guys, is that the USGA has so much power when it comes to golf. It's unbelievable. But the main point I will make is that I would have bet almost my life on it that when the, PGA, when the USGA came out with the rule of you could putt with the flag in, I would have bet anything that Augusta wouldn't have allowed that rule. And they still did because the USGA changed it. That the right. USGA has so much control over golf, it's unbelievable. And that's what, you know, when people just, you know, flirt with things, talking about I mean, the distance, we don't want to get into that right now. But, <laughs> I mean, just all kinds of other topics, people don't realize that this transcends to every level of golf from, I mean, we're sitting right out here looking at one of the best courses in the state, um, Oak Tree, or you go to uh, the Augusta National. I mean, the, the rules are going to be the same for everyone. Do they need to be varied? So be it. But I, I think Mike is Mike Juan, not Mike Davis. He's going to do a very good and be progressive towards the USGA because, you know, like reading right here, talks about how much he loves the game, all the great work he did for the LPGA. But also, too, I think he understands how much – impact the USGA can have, not just on regular playing golf tour pros, but literally the whole grand scheme of golf from every single inch possible, the USGA has some sort of finger on it. Yeah, and I actually listened to an interview last week with Mike Juan on uh, PGA Tour Radio. I was driving out to New Mexico, so I just listened to a lot of PGA Tour Radio uh, last week, and one of the things that he said, it was a great quote, it was a great line, he said, you know, I, I want to make sure that we don't tread on history because I respect history and how important that is in the game of golf, but he said, I don't want to be so scared of it that I'm afraid to make history. And, and one of the things that he really talked about and emphasized was we're going to look at the way things are done and if someone tells me well, this is how we do it just because this is how it's always been done. He, he said well, that's not a good enough answer for me. Just doing it the way it's always been because that's how it's always been, that, that's not that's not how he wants to do things according to what he's saying. So I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to bring something new and fresh to the USGA. He seems like a great hire and he seems like a great guy and great talker when you hear him speak. Um, I also think that um, fair or not, uh, to be honest about Mike Davis, I think that he, he has gotten some U.S. Opens wrong in the past as well. I mean, you, you see the ones that, uh, whether it be at Congressional or at uh, Aaron Hills. Shin those Shinnecock? Were, yeah. And, well, I'm getting he, he, there. He, yeah, he's I'm talking getting, about the real easy setups I, I'm talking now. About, oh, I'm yeah, starting yeah, yeah. with how you. they were too easy you. at first. And first, when Mike Davis came on and he was he started the pro, uh, progressive rough, like with the first cut and second cuts that the U.S. Open didn't have before. Um, and then w later we get to Shinnecock obviously and that was a nightmare with Phil and everything that happened there and then obviously the rules situation at Oakmont with DJ and so um, I I think that now I mean obviously there's a lot more things that the CEO of the USGA does other than run the US Open but I think that this is a great hire and I'm optimistic that uh, the USGA is headed in a, a better direction so yeah and, and it's sad to say that we want to head in a better direction because of the things that we've seen over the last year boys doesn't it hasn't really been that positive at least there should be things that they can be working on and you know one point I'll make here too is that 
if we in 1776, if we didn't try to be better, none of us would be here today, right? Like if they were just doing the same thing they wanted to every single day, nothing would have ever happened. Change has to happen at times to be revolutionary. That's why it's called the Revolutionary War, right? So you know, there's times where things have to be done, and but it is such a fine line, like you said, guys, because if you if you try to advance too far into the future, you can literally change. You could change the game, and you could make it worse, but. I feel like by holding the USGA holding themselves back with these chains, essentially saying that, oh well, these, oh we've, we're so traditional with amateur status, they can't get more than seven hundred fifty dollars a year. Well, it's like, okay, well, first of all, seven hundred fifty dollars in nineteen hundred is worth a lot less than it is now. Yeah, that so, number so hasn't how, changed. So, how, so you yeah. don't account for inflation here? I mean, come on, it's just yeah, that number hasn't changed. It's like even little like scrambles. Whenever we were kids, you made a hole in one of the scrambles, should have won five thousand bucks, and you couldn't take it because I mean, you were in what eighth grade. At the time, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to play high school or college golf, and you know, I mean, not everyone grows up having my five thousand dollars. Would have been fantastic. That would have helped pay for all kinds of junior tournaments. Yeah. I, could, I might have, gone, have made a huge difference in your life. I, I would have been able to go to two or three more tournaments out of the state to be able to potentially grow myself as a player and expose myself more. But because USGA seems that I don't d- deserve that money because I'm not old enough or I just need to have some amateur status to deem on me. I know I'm getting down a rabbit hole because you brought that up, Colby. But it's it's. I, I think Mike Juan is going to obviously not every decision he makes is going to be a hundred percent. No one ever. No one ever in power makes 100% right decisions. But if he makes 75% of the right decisions as opposed to 50 like we are now, we're getting in a positive direction. Yeah, I totally agree about Mike Wan and everything. One thing that I wanted to bring up with y'all, we mentioned it on the last podcast talking about uh, the – USGA and amateur rules and and uh, but we didn't get into one thing that I thought about after the podcast is when you said that they can use their name and their likeness and they can basically have uh, endorsement contracts you know um, is the NCAA going to sign off on that or just does, does that just it's mean that you're question. a USGA amateur? Does that necessarily mean that you're an NCAA amateur? You would think that they would try to make it uniform all the way across. And, and I say you would think because <laughs> guessing what the NCAA is going to do is a hell of a guessing Well, game. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but didn't California sue the NCAA yes, over all this? And absolutely. so they're in lawsuits for this. I mean, I, we're, the, we're, we're 150 years too late on – or when, ever <laughs> since the end they've started, we're too late on this. And it's literally been 2021. Yeah, we just saw yesterday that the NCAA – I mean, in football, the football video game yeah. – uh, Notre Dame is uh, not going to be on the video game because the NCAA hasn't told them and finalized all the decisions. On yeah, they have no name, de- they have no details on, on the name, name, image, and likeness. Yeah, name, yeah. image, and likeness. At least that's one thing that golf has done with the USGA is finalized. That yeah, they've defined is, it. They've defined it for basically the NCAA. We'll see if the NCAA follows up. I know that that was off topic, but I wanted to get that out there no, today. I, I think, I think it's right on. I think it's right on topic, Sam. Yeah. In all honesty, because like I, like I agree with you. I mean, these are. You see something like that, and like the amateur thing, and you think that, oh, this is going to be revolutionary. This is going to be something that's totally changed the game. And we read off the details, and we sat here for 15 minutes, guys, trying to dissect what the hell it meant. Yeah, and so, and, and they haven't even come out and done anything about it. And ho- hopefully, and you know, the, the term common sense, I don't like using it because it's such a vague term. But at the end of the day, there's some things that everyone, you can see in front of your eyes and know that it's either stupid or right, right? I mean, you know, and looking at looking at this, right? Like like we mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up. Like when Quaid and Quaid Cummings, Austin Eckert, they make a cut in a PJ Tour event. It's literally criminal not give them the check that they deserve. I don't care what where they go to school, whatever it is, it is a criminal offense that they don't get paid for what they did. So I agree. I'm, I ahead, agree. Sir. And, yeah, and to be honest, we're not going to expect anything anytime soon with the NCAA. These are the same exact 
exact people that when I was in college, I had to convince them and go through two appeals just to show them and prove to them that I had cancer. And so I missed two tournaments because because the appeal process takes so long and they make these vague rules. So the NCAA makes the vague rules and then everybody has to appeal those rules and then it's just a long, drawn-out process. But anyways, we need to get to the concession and the WGC. I will will just say one, one thing to sum all that up. You're dealing with the NCAA, which is notorious for being a hard-ass organization. You're dealing with the USGA, notorious for being pretty hard-ass on their rules. When you get both of those conflicting, like amateur and college golfers do, you got you got to go through a lot of process. If you have to prove to someone twice that you have cancer, I mean, it's what just in the, the paperwork world? process takes so long. They're so unorganized, yeah. and there's so many appeals because the rules are so vague. Say, hey, right. send someone to come so, to one of my doctor's appointments, yeah. and let's solve this in ten minutes. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly. It's, it's like they make the rules intentionally vague so that whenever the time comes to make yeah. a ruling, they can just kind of decide whatever ruling the they want to make in the moment. And the only people that get hurt are the players. So, yes, anyways, yes, it's and all, this is the it's only the organizations athletes. that get to. Do it. It's so. always the student athletes that wind up getting hurt. Uh, one final note before we take a break, and then we'll come back and preview the World Golf Championships, the Workday WGC Championship down at the concession in Florida. Uh, the PGA Championship is going to host 10,000 spectators per day at Kiowa, which I think uh, will be phenomenal. Of course, at, at Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, we saw just, and, and that was only 5,000 people per day on the grounds. And and that week was kind of special because we saw Jordan Spieth play good golf for the first time in a couple of years, really. And, you know, the moment that we had with Spieth on 17 on Saturday where he makes the putt and then he points at the guy in the stands and falling out yeah. of his chair and they're laughing, it's, you know, those are the moments that you don't get without fans and, and that energy and that excitement and those moments. It, 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 it's going to be so cool to have fans back at a major championship. And I know it's only 10,000 per day, but 10,000 per day, that's that's going to make a dent. So yeah. I'm, I'm, and, and I'm happy to see it. The thing that I think about when I hear that is that's good news for the senior PGA here in Tulsa and the PGA coming up next year. Absolutely. So that's great news. Yeah, so. absolutely. Looking forward to all of those events. Why don't we take a break, come back on the other side. We've got DraftKings picks. We've got one-and-done picks. We've got your best bets, all the advice. Uh, we're giving out picks for the WGC. We're also giving out picks in Puerto Rico. We've got some local guys playing in Puerto Rico, so we'll break all that and much more down for you. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. You can listen to our episodes there, and you can check out all of the great content that is being brought to you by Golf Oklahoma, covering golf in the state like absolutely no one else. Gentlemen, this week we have got a World Golf Championship event. It's what uh, I believe the... 
pros refer to as a free money event. You show up, you play four rounds, you get a check. That's your reward for being in the top 50 in the world or winning the tournament, doing all these other things. Um, late addition to the field, obviously, is Max Homa. Max Homa was 91st in the world prior to last week. Moved all the way up to number 38 in the world. So he'll be in the field this week. It, it was funny. I listened to, he does a, a podcast, uh, and I wanted to, to listen to it. Not often do you get to hear a tour winner give their unfiltered thoughts for an hour and a half right after they win the biggest event of their lives. Uh, so it was cool. And he did say that he was going to fly down this week to Florida and play at the concession. He said that he probably was not going to play a practice round as of yesterday, which was Monday morning. He was still in California. He said that he was probably not going to play a practice round at the concession. He was just going to roll the ball out there on Thursday morning and see how it goes. Yep. So I would say tread with caution <laughs> if you're planning on putting Max home in well, your lineups this week. Yeah. Just one quick thing on that, on the get a grip podcast with him. Uh, he mentioned, uh, he mentioned our next guest, Taylor Gooch. He did. And, showed and him he, a lot of love. Yeah, showed him absolutely. a lot of love. So that's something we'll ask Taylor about uh, in the next episode. Um, but anyways, Taylor, what do you think about the concession this week? Man, I've, I'm going off of, you know, I was talking about with Kobe on the way the way up here. When, when you're playing at a venue where you don't have any course history, normally we can look at Augusta National. You played there 35 times. Or even TBC Sawgrass, Bay Hill, um, PJ National, where the, the Honda is, which Paul Zanzinger says is the best event on, in the world. You know, you, you at least know who's played there good in the past and who hasn't. Um, when we are going off, of course, you have to play, you have to go off essentially what the internet tells you. So, or, or like Sam's case, if you have friends down there playing, whoever, you know, you might have a little bit of insider trading I information. Any, I don't have any inside so, info this so, week. So, I would say from what I've seen, it's a long course. We're going to play very long. It's it's a narrow course, so long and narrow. That sounds like fun. And <laughs> um, Colby was reading one of the things. They, they're they going to try to pump the speed up on the greens a little bit, it looks like. Yeah, you know, green, greens are going to be fast. One thing I'm really curious to see, the only course history that we have here at all, the 2015 NCAA National Championships were played at the concession, which was won by Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau topped C.T. Pan, but of course, that was mini Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. and now it's big Bryson. And so I don't know, like, I'm really curious to see what Bryson does this week because he obviously played one of the most special moments of his life on this course, but he's a totally different person now. That's what I was going to say is he's transformed his game since then, but also uh, the other interesting thing to think about when you talk about the national championship there, uh, they didn't play it at 7,400 yards either. And, no, no. Yeah, and so it's going to be really interesting to see the par fives this week are going to be huge because the par fives that there actually have some teeth. Um, did some research on them. I mean, like you have the seventh at 606 yards. It's the number one handicap hole. Um, number 13, it's a forced carry over water down the left side, and then um, it leads into the bunkers going down the right side. Great bunkering on that hole. It's going to be really interesting, and then we uh, we're, we could have a great finish on number 18. It's a 486-yard narrow tee shot with bunkers and water. The bunkers are in front of the green, and the water's kind of to the right of the green, and it normally plays into the predominant into the wind. Um, it's, so, a, it's a Nicholas course. Yeah, so for for me this week, I'm really interested to see the course, first of all. And obviously, we got the best field that you can basically have. Um, and so, I think you could this week you could see the course um, maybe win a little bit. Like, like when, remember when we had the AT&T at Aronimink, and it's really a major-type course? Absolutely. And, and we, I could see the scores being was that, a little higher. Was that the Sean O'Hare year? Uh, it could have been the Sean O'Hare year, and, and Justin Rose won there as That's well. That's right, yep. And so, um, but basically, I... I 
I just see this being a top-notch course for a non-major, and so it's going to be really interesting. And uh, I know it's not at the same course, but uh, we can also talk about a little uh, defending champ action, Patrick Reed. We do have a little defending champ action, Patrick Reed. This is the first time we'll really see Patrick Reed. He played in the Saudi the week after he won at the Farmers, but of course he was you know embroiled in controversy once again at Farmers with the drop and the embedded ball that wasn't embedded and the whole nine yards. Then he goes over to put to Saudi, plays terrible in Saudi, and we really, he's kind of disappeared, out of sight, out of mind. He'll be back front and center this week as the defending champ. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting that they're playing, uh, he's the defending champ at a course called the Concession because of the great sportsmanship by Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin, who are the co-designers of the course, when this course was built in 2006. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Now, 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 <laughs> I, I, just for anyone not listening for, co- for golf history lesson, I believe, I can't remember the year, Sam, you might have it written down. Essentially what happened was, was that um, – Tony Jacklin? Tony Jacklin. Yeah, Tony Tony Jacklin had a putt on 18, about three-footer or so, maybe a little inside to, I believe, tie the Ryder Cup that year. I think it may have been the first tie in U.S.-Europe history. Jack Nicklaus was in the final match, decided to give give his playing partner, Tony, uh, the uh, the three-footer a little bit over or under whatever it was for sportsmanship because he didn't want – Tony to be known as the player to miss the miss the short putt to lose the Ryder Cup for the European. It, team. it was 1969, Taylor. I just nice, it up. nice, yep. nice. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, was I right that Sam on that? In the result was a tie in the Ryder yeah. Cup. Okay. Well, uh, and then uh, it's someone obviously had to retain the cup. Uh, let me look. Let me look into this real quick. That's a good question. It's probably the Americans. The Americans dominated back in the day. That was before European golf became what it is now, which is kind of a power, the, the powerhouse. US, the U.S. retained the cup that year. Okay, okay. U.S. Yeah. retained yeah. the cup. It so was it, a little, hey, give us points. a break, golf fans. If you're sitting at home and you're like, obviously you should know that, hey, we're 25 and 28 years old. Yeah, it, it, it was in it 1969. 1969. My dad wasn't even born. We, we, were, we were all born in the 90s, so you'll have to cut us some slack. Anything that happened pre-90s is definitely predates us, uh, and this happened in the 60s so um fellas why don't we go ahead and dive in we'll start with our DraftKings picks and we go in order of the finish from a week ago so who does that have leading us off let's go look at the leader oh yeah that would be me that would be me with my runner-up finish last well, week it's about time I, you I, went you went last last week so i, I had to switch i did have uh, max homa i did have max homa in my lineup nice. last week for the winner so i will start with my cheapest option this week uh and full disclosure I, I was in new mexico all week i've kind of been scrambling after i got back didn't have the absolute most time to put my lineup together this week, so I want to throw that qualifier out. But number one, guy who contended at this tournament last year, different golf course, I know that. Um, and also, I, I watched this guy play several holes out in Pebble. He was a lot of fun to watch, had a good energy about him. So I'm going to run him out this week because he's 6,200, and I needed some bargains uh, in order to, to fill out the top of my lineup the way I wanted to. I'm going to Eric Van Royen. At 6,200, good ball striker. I think that could bode well uh, at this course. One one thing that I've seen whenever I look at the concession, the bunkering at this course looks unbelievable. It just looks awesome. All over the golf course, the bunkering looks phenomenal. Uh, I think it's going to be a ball striker's course, and I think that could suit well for Eric Van Royen. Maybe he finds some good vibes since he played well in this tournament a year ago. Uh, Who finished next between you two last week in the the DK? You beat me. I did, okay. Yep. All right. Well, I'll go. I'll read off here just for everyone. Eric Van Royen. If he if this is the week, Colby, it's going to be finding some form. He's made one of four cuts this year. The only one being a T fifty six at the American Express. That's why he's sixty two hundred. You, hey. you know what he's going to do this week? He's going to play four rounds. Hey, Brooks Koepka. <laughs> if he doesn't if he doesn't hurt himself like Henrik Stinson did I, the year also, I picked him. WGCs. I I'm much more willing to take a risk on a guy that's mega cheap at a WGC because I at least know he's going to give me four rounds. 
it's 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 a good philosophy. Yeah. And so you know, I'm scrolling through here, guys. My cheapest guy. I can get the number twenty eighth ranked player in the world for sixty eight hundred. How in the world am I supposed to pass that up? It, it just so happens that he's a local guy too, and had, and I'm looking back here. He had a miscut last week at the Genesis, as of course it not doesn't really suit his game, but has a fifth back in um, at the American Express, has a a T seventeen at the Century going back this year. So a guy who isn't really even playing that bad, top like I said, top thirty in the world for less than seven uh, less than seven thousand. Give me um, Abraham answer. A little Allen Iverson action. The answer. Am I hey. right? Done it. Hey, that's my pick. Is that's it really? My, is yeah, it? that's who I'm going Look with. Look at first. you two. Awesome. How, how adorable yeah. is that? I'm going with Abe Answer, and the reason why I like him this week, too, is because they have really undulating greens, and we'll see where they set the pins and how hard they make it. But Abe Answer, I mean, he's the nip god. Like, he he has the filthiest short game you will ever see. Just If you ever have a chance, go on James O's Instagram and just watch some shots that Abe Answer hits, and he's – the flop shot genius. But so. sh- should let everybody know, too, this week at the concession, we're going from Poana to Bermuda. Yep. You're going to be seeing balls react much differently on and around the And grains. you know what kind of grass they have in Oklahoma where Abe Answer went to college? I bet Bermuda, I can guess. And they have Bermuda <laughs> in Mexico where Abe Answer is from. Yep. Okay. Good and stuff. And then um, I guess I'll go again, and it's uh, I'm going to go with 7,300 Carlos Ortiz. I think oh. you can find some really playing, good playing value. Good except last week. When yeah, I, when I, when really I, had, good I had him in my lineup last week, of course, when he blows up and misses the cut. Yeah, but he, I mean, he did shoot a nice 69 in the second round. So uh, he played really well um, in uh, the Farmers Insurance Open as well. I mean, I think that Carlos Ortiz, you find some really good value with him, especially this week with narrow uh, tee shots off the tee this year. He's about a half a shot up on the field um, and putt and around the green, his stats are also positive uh, strokes gained. And so I, I really like Carlos Ortiz's uh, value this week on DraftKings. Yeah, going back to Ortiz before his miscut last week. And you, when you're playing a hard course like Riviera, anything can go wrong. And, and yeah, so, I mean, J, JT, Rory, and Bryson all missed the cut by multiple yeah, shots yeah, but, last yeah, week. Yeah, but they suck, and, and they don't hit it far enough. The distance <laughs> is holding them back. Um, and going back to Ortiz, just for you, Sam, I'm not picking him. I just want to read off for everyone. Finished fourth at the Waste Management, 29th at the Farmers, and um, T14 at the Sony. So three – uh, three previous events before his missed cut has finished off in the top 30. So I think that, that is a solid pick. Um, my next option, boys, is a guy who um, resides from Florida and actually played at the University of Florida. This is a gentleman who, you know, I'm looking on it, has, hasn't has played particularly well the last his last couple of tournaments, made the cut waste management. Is it, was, Tebow? Is it Tim Tebow? Yeah, yeah, Tim T. Yeah, he's, he's, he went from football to baseball. Now he's, now well, he's I saw going he retired yeah. from baseball, so I didn't know if he retired oh, from baseball. Oh, did he retire from baseball? So that he could get in the WGC. He had such a prestigious baseball career, too. He did. I, <laughs> I loved it because of the tweet, too. It was like, uh, Tim Tebow will be hanging it up and giving up his professional baseball career. And I'm like, well, he'll probably, have, he'll probably have his jersey retired soon. I, wow, love, so. I love me some Tim Tebow. Hey, so. he, was, I, he was more professional than I was. So <laughs> I, I, I hate him for, for the 2000, technically 2009 National yeah. Championship. Um, a little jump pass action? Yeah, don't don't get me don't get me crying. My next pick, guys. Before we keep going any further, 7,000 um, Florida guy on a course that we don't really know a whole lot about except it requires really good ball striking. I'm taking Billy Horschel at even 7,000. Billy Horschel, good I, ball striker. I, I think he knows Florida really well, and I think he's he's a guy who obviously, obviously everyone plays four rounds, but I, I think he's going to be someone who at least one of the rounds I think he's going to shoot a drastically low number compared to the field, if that makes good sense. So I think at least one day he will gain a tremendous amount of strokes when it comes to the field. Yeah, I think you're going to see a trend here with us picking ball strikers at a course that we really don't know, but that we we seem, we, we seem to all the – Indicators are the ball striking is going to be paramount this week. So my second cheapest golfer, I'm staying in six thousands. I'm going sixty seven hundred with a guy who was good to me last week and a guy who's been playing good golf since the calendar turned, and that's Lanto Griffin. 
Lanto yes, Griffin's yes. playing good golf. He's a good iron player. Uh, so I like Lanto, and I especially like him at a 6,700 number. And then my next player, he, he doomed me last week, but he's been playing good golf. Sam, you pretty much said it. Carlos Ortiz is playing good golf. Yeah. He's a good ball striker, uh, and I'm going to like him on the Bermuda in Florida. So I'll run Ortiz out at 7,300. Well, no, in my luck, both y'all have him and I don't, so he's probably guaranteed to win. Yep. I, I might as well Quick go in and bet on Ortiz now so I can hedge my bet. I can find the odds for you. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I, I, I want to fill the odds on, on Phil Mickelson this week at the, at the PGA for sure. Um, or on the on the Champions Tour, I'm sorry. Um, my next cheapest guy, Colby and Sam, you're going to be shocked at this name. I've never picked him before, ever. But his last term, he didn't play that well, finished 53rd. But reading off his last few events, tied 22nd, 12th, 14th, 1st, 1st, 15th. Chris, Christian Bezaden, 7,100. Boy, you are a Chris, Christian Bezadenhut loving fool. And you I, love you some Christian Bezadenhut. And I'm a money-making <laughs> fool on DraftKings, baby. Except for last week when I was four. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I talk about him all the time. He's he's up to – when I started getting on him, he was around 55th in the world. He's already up to 36 now. So Is he, where's he, is he South African? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. sweet. I, I, if, if we could buy stock in golfers, I'd be a money-making fool when it comes to Bezadenhut because I, I, I've seen this trend coming. And you, so, were, you were on him early. I'll give you credit. And so I, I think he's going to keep it rolling. His 53rd at Saudi is a little intimidating, but at the same time, I think this is a course that suits up well for him. So. Yep. Okay, well, I'm going with uh, a 7,900 uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Ooh, uh, I, I like that pick. Ugliest swing on tour. Oh, I like that pick because <laughs> I for, to make the – yeah, I know. He has the most beautiful swing I've ever it's seen. So it's so good. It's so much yeah. better in person than it is on TV. I got I don't to think watch I, it. I don't think I've seen him it's play in person. It's so good. Oh, my Lord. Oh, it, looks like he, it looks like he swings 50 miles an hour, and the ball shoots probably as high as Rory's does, and it just – he, he he's not going he, as far. He but better be at Southern next year because I want to watch him hit range because he's the only guy on tour that – Travels his mattress everywhere he goes. By the way, that's how so old is Louis? Smart. That's yeah. so smart. How, yeah. how old is Louis? Do, I think do Tiger we know? might do it well, now too. Anyways, I'll, I'll talk about Louis for a second. Why I picked him? While you look up, he's how thirty-eight. Old he is. I would have thought he's forty-five. Thirty-eight years 38, old. Thirty-eight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a young thirty-eight too. Turned thirty-eight in October. So basically, with my DraftKings lineup, I I had the option basically in the middle here to either pick Louis Oosthuizen or Matt Wolf. And the reason why I went with Louis Oosthuizen at 7,900 was because he's a little better off the tee, a little better putting. He, his putting stacks are actually really good, uh, like positive 1.15 on the on the field uh, this year. Um, and then um, my next pick is 8,700. I'm going to go with my winner of the tournament this Ooh, week. Oh, winner of the tournament at 8,700. This, this, this guy is plus 4,000. Uh, this week, if you want to find some value, oh, on your I know who you're books, picking. I've got the I'm odds going, pulled up. I'm going with Cam Smith. He has he's been in some great form lately. He played great last week at the Genesis. He's positive in every area. Strokes gain uh, about 1.7 on the field this year. The man's is the mullet machine. He's going to go that out and win awesome. and win the workday for. I, I like that pick. He tends to play a hard golf course as well. Funny, so I've been listening to a lot of PGA Tour radio. Somebody was on there, and they said that his girlfriend came out and said that she hates the hair. <laughs> hates the hair. Yeah. Well, we know who wears the pants then. We know who wears the pants. Yeah, we do. That'd well, be Cameron Smith. You know, look at Cameron Smith. He's not. You don't really think about it. He's number 27 in the world, guys. Dude, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he, look what he did at Augusta four rounds in the 60s. He is the yep. only, uh, uh, people who have listened to our show a long time know this, but I want to reiterate. The only player in Masters history, history, 
the history of Augusta, all four <laughs> rounds in the 60s. Do we know how long Augusta's been playing? Quite a bit. A day or two, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, now, my next pick, guys, you'll notice a little bit of a trend here. Me, me and Paul Azinger are having a um, are going to have a are going to have a nice discussion after the end. If he's out there listening, make sure to because I'm running with a lot of European tour guys, a lot of guys that play well over there. Uh, you're going to pick Fleetwood. I can sense it. No, I'm not picking no Fleetwood. Yes, Dan Kobe. Come on, I want guys I think might have be able to win a tournament. Come on, <laughs> he only wins if it's a strictly European tour event. This one's at least co-sanctioned. I'm going with a guy across the pond. He's finished 29th, third, 16th, 23rd, 19th, sixth, first, and third, going all the way back to the middle of last year. 7,400. That's Robert McIntyre. Guy okay. who guy who crossed the pond's been flying very under the radar. You you I, almost I, nailed him the week. Uh, what was it? Dubai Desert Classic, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he not not to be confused with Tiger's guy, Robbie Mack. Yes, yeah, no, uh, I, I, yeah. it might be the same guy. Who, who knows? It might be might be a little incognito status going on. But but man, I, you see that performance there across the pond. I don't care what Azinger says. You got to play good golf over there to get the results. And so I don't see any reason why he doesn't bring it across the pond. Yeah, I like that pick quite a lot. Uh, my next pick is at eighty eight hundred. So I'm I'm jumping up a decent little bit here. But I'm looking at uh, guys who play well in Florida. Do you know who has played the absolute best in Florida over the past couple of years when you looked at the strokes gain? Strokes gain total, strokes gained approach. He is the only guy gaining more than two strokes uh, on the field per round over the last couple of seasons, and he's one of only two guys with more than two total strokes gained per round uh, on the field in the last couple of seasons, and that is Sung J.M. Okay. Sung J.M. is a Florida golfing machine. He plays his absolute best golf every year in Florida. He had his breakout win last year in Florida. Sung Jay loves Florida, so I love Sung Jay. Give me Sung Jay at 8800 for my third cheapest option uh, at pretty good value because he hasn't really been playing his absolute third best cheapest. golf lately. So you got some pretty big names coming up then. I got a couple more big names here. Uh, my next last pick is at 10400 It's a guy who missed the cut last week, but a guy who's absolutely going to be in the leaderboard on Sunday this week, and that's Rory McIlroy. God bless. More, Rory loves him a tough golf course. This is going to be a tough golf course. I mean, he's a driving machine. Roy, if, Roy McIlroy. If it's long and narrow, the longest, longest and straightest driver of the golf ball is Roy McIlroy. It's Roy McIlroy. So I love it. At 10,400, too, because not only that, let me go back and look. At 10,400, that makes him the fifth most expensive golfer on the board. You're giving me Roy McIlroy at the fifth most expensive golfer on the board at a World Golf Championship event? I'm not going to blame you. No, I'm in. I'm in on Roy. Sometimes it takes missing a cut to light the fire in your ass to get your game back. Yeah. Before his missed cut, 13th, 16th, 3rd, 5th, 17th, 21st, 8th, 7th, 12th. I'm not going to go any further away. See any more time. I got Rory at 10,400. I love well. that pick, Taylor. So, I love that pick. All right. Well, I think you can find a little better value than Rory McIlroy at 9,200. We're going the defending champ, Pat Reed. Patrick Reed. How many times is he going to cheat this week? Pat well, Reed. So I like this pick because he'll be playing preferred lies, of course. <laughs> well, here, here's the real reason why I like him this week, just as far as golf goes. It's, like I said, kind of the same thing with Abe Answer. These, around the green stats with uh, Patrick Reed are unreal, and he's positive uh, over a shot and a half on the field this year, strokes gain. I mean, the guy has probably the best short game on tour um, and, and, and is a great driver, straight driver, the ball will say and uh you know I, I think i he has a great chance and he's plus uh plus 2800 on, on your sports book i mean i think that uh patrick reed has some great value this this week yeah and a lot of times you think of the defending champion aspect and you think oh well there's no way you're gonna win whenever you're changing the venue i think that plays a little bit more into it yeah. so what you got one more pick sam correct? yeah okay and then uh my top pick is uh Nine nine thousand eight hundred. I'm going with Tony Finau. Oh, uh, Tony Finau. Second. Well, 
I mean, the man is a top ten machine. Number one, Silver. He, he top, ne- top ten machine. The man's never misses a cut. Uh, he's at plus two thousand on your sports book. I, I, I mean, Tony Finau. It, I don't even have to talk about him. We we've talked about him enough lately, and he's playing great golf. Shot sixty four in the final round. Almost won against Max Homa last week. I'm going Tony Finau. I, it's it. Um, I tell you what, if you. Me and Cole, like we talked about in one of our shows, if you could bet, if you can bet on if someone to win the tournament, you should be able to bet on someone to finish second in the tournament and only have that as the option. And we'd all be making money off of it. I you mean, can bet on a top five. I might bet Tony Finau top five this week. Yeah, yeah, but you're probably getting that at, at minus 800, though, or something ridiculous. Because they know it's going to happen, but his win is, you know, it's like on, on our analytics site where it has top 25, top 10 percentage, top 5 percentage, win percentage. It's like Finau's 100% on all of them. Once you get to win, it turns to 0%. Because you know you just guaranteed know he's going to be up there, and so my, my my most expensive guys, I think I picked him every week going back however long since really I know since Sam joined the show. I'll just read out the results: fifth last week, thirteenth waste management, seventh, 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 um, second, seventeenth, going all twenty third, all the way going back to the U.S. Open. Um, second most expensive guy playing probably. Maybe be maybe the best golf out right now. And DJ was kind of there, faltered on Sunday, so you might throw him in the mix. Give me John Rom at eleven thousand one hundred. Yeah, you've been on Rom every week. I've been on Rom a lot. I couldn't afford Rom this week. He got up over the eleven thousand mark, so he was not in my budget. I'm picking yeah. another guy who missed the cut last week to round out my lineup. I I like the cut missers from a week ago at Riv. Riv is kind of its own beast, where if one little thing goes awry, it can just kind of come unraveled. So I'm running out Rory and JT. This okay. week, okay. ball strikers at the concession. So those are my top two picks, Rory and JT at 10-4 and 10-5. Do you have any worries? It seems to me like since his grandpa's passing, he's had a tough time. Do you think that's still going to weigh on him? Is, I, he gonna be able, is this the week where he gets kind of through that? I think that that has weighed on him. I, I think at some point he's going to snap out of that, and I think that the missed cut last week might have been the, the right thing to kind of jog him mentally and get him back in the grind. Okay, I got these two extra days. I've got the weekend. Let me fly back to Florida. He probably slept in his own bed for two, three nights in Florida. Got to go out, practicing some nice warm weather. And I, I think that this will be the reset tournament for Justin Thomas. So you, you don't think he went back out and hit balls at Riviera Saturday like Ricky did? Just go out in the wind. Oh yeah, that was another fun thing that Homa talked about on his podcast. Was all of the the pros just out messing around on the range? Because I mean, it's not like it was snowing or sleeting outside or anything. Yeah. It was it was wind. They just couldn't get the balls. And to be but, honest, it wasn't really that. Wind. Windy. The like, greens were too fast. The greens were too fast. Even yeah. Homa said that on the podcast. He's yeah. like, the wind wasn't outrageous. They just had the greens too fast. Yeah. And so he said that they were out messing around on the range and stuff, and like John Rom was flopping it over people's heads, and then they were timing balls. He said Ricky was hitting it so high. He said Ricky was hitting it higher than anybody else. They were all like hitting eight irons, trying to see. And they said Brian Harmon, our guy Brian Harmon, was had his phone out, and when Ricky would make contact, he would press start. And as soon as the ball hit the ground, he would press stop to see what the hang time was. <laughs> he said Ricky got an eight iron to stay in the air for 8.8 seconds. Oh, my. Go ahead and do that on your phones. Go ahead, go ahead and time out 8.8 <laughs> seconds and imagine doing that with an eight iron. Hey, I tell you what, if you got a front pin and you can truly distance right, that's the shot you want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, got Ricky all the way to a T20, so. Uh, hey, that's like a win for him at this No point, doubt. Those are our DraftKings picks for the week. Something else we wanted to announce today. We are thrilled to be joined on this show by Diffie Ford. I think that there's this misconception that it's way out nowhere in El Reno. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro and has been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 66 years. To last that long in the automobile business, you have to treat people like family, and that is exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. So come on by and check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or 
or all the new Lincoln Navigators. The Diffie team will always have your best interest at heart. Feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right. You can deal directly with the owner. Diffie Ford Lincoln, 15 minutes west of the Metro on I-40 in El Reno. So head that way. Diffie Ford Lincoln will take good care of you. Uh, gentlemen, we've got more picks to make. You want to do uh, one and done or best bets? Well, where are we going? Let's, where are we do, going? let's do one and done in Puerto Rico first. One and yeah, done in Puerto what, Rico? We, this, is, this is the most pick week of, of the one and done season for us because we got in the WGCs and the bigger events, we have to pick two and opposite field of vic- It's a three, this week. three and done week. Yes. It's a three and done, three and done week. Done yes, week. it is. Absolutely. So who's uh, who's wanting to lead it off this time? Let's one. let's start with Puerto Rico. Let's right, well, let's I, go in order of last week's finish. Well, I had a missed cut last week from Bubba. Who'd y'all have last week in the one and done? Um, I had uh, T. Gooch. Yeah, you had Taylor Gooch, and you had Dustin <laughs> had Johnson. DJ. So you're up first. DJ I, got well, you I guess. <laughs> we, can, we can even do stage draft now since we have three picks. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess we, we normally could. don't have that option. This is true. Okay, well, I'm going with Jonathan Vegas uh, out in Puerto Rico. He's has some decent uh, form as of late. Uh, shot uh, 69 in the final round at Pebble Beach. Made the cut there. Um, Jonathan Vegas for no other reason than the greatest name in sports. <laughs> yeah, he does good have a good name. I looked. I looked at Johnny Vegas as well. I, I think he has a, a good chance to play this weekend. You know, boys. I've um, in all my years of the one and done. One thing I've learned about the opposite field events is that if you want to make a move a move up in the board. You have to pick someone who finishes either first or solo second. Not even a tied second. Because really the purses are so much smaller. The purse is so much smaller. So, I'm going... I have, to, you have, I have to go with a guy who I think can win a tournament. Who can win the tournament. And this was a guy, Colby, when we did our, our 2001 preview show before Sam joined, he was tied with Jason Day as my most guy I wanted to get his form back. And I think that this is a great tournament for that to happen at where people can start recognizing and remembering how good of a player it was when, when Rory deemed him to be his permanent Ryder Cup partner. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I know who you're going to yeah. pick, and now I definitely do. Yeah, Thomas Peters. Yep. That's yep. who I'm going with. So Pure I, I, golf swing. I, I think yep. that he is the most expensive on DraftKings. Um, some of the, I think he's tied with three or four other people for the best bet. Um, and some of the analytics sites are, are not are leaning towards some other guys. But I got a really good feeling about Peters. I think that even if he doesn't I, – I, like we said, you need to win or finish solo second to move up. And I think that he has the best chance out of all those guys to get that breakthrough moment. Yeah, I think uh, I, I actually was kind of leaning Thomas Peters whenever I first looked, and then I changed it as I looked some more. I'm going to go with Emiliano Grillo this week. I'm running out the Argentinian. He's, yeah, he doesn't and, play very well here, He's though. the odds-on he, favorite, he, right? Uh, that's Is a good he? question. I, I, don't, I, I think he's tied with with uh, Peters. I think Matt Wallace is up uh, there, Peters too. is three to – oh, no, that's for a top-five finish. I don't want top-five finish. Why would I want a top-five finish? I want All I know is that I was looking at Data Golf earlier, and uh, Data Golf gave Grillo a 6% chance to win the tournament. Pete, and uh, whatever the sports uh, sports book, they might be different, but as far as Data Golf goes, he was odds-on favorite. Uh, sports book has Thomas Peters, Matt Wallace, and N. Poulter. Those three guys are all sixteen to one, and then the next two guys at eighteen to one are Brandon Grace and Emiliano Grillo. So I, I like Brandon Grace this week. I really do. I think he has a good chance to play well. Yeah, I don't know. He his golf that he's been playing has not been great. Emiliano Grillo played some good golf in the fall. He's played this event three times, but none none recently except for last year. His first two were in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, a twenty ninth and a runner up. Uh, but last year he did finish third at this event. But again, even last year he finished third at this event, and his earnings were one hundred fifty nine thousand. So you, you're really hoping that you nail the winner this week in Puerto Rico. So I'm hoping that Emiliano Grillo is that guy. Uh, moving forward to the WGC Workday Championship, we'll go snake draft style here. So I'll throw out my first one, and I'll do my lower ranked player in the world first uh, in my one and done. And you'll like this, Sam. 
I'm running out Louie this week in the one and done. Louie is a WGC playing machine. Uh, Louie has three top six finishes in his last five starts in World Golf Championship events. And in his last eight starts in WGCs, he has seven top 25s in his last eight starts in WGCs. Plays these big events well, so I like Louie this week. Yeah, no, I like that that pick as well. Um, And like like we said, it's just the the swing is unbelievable. I I had to go, I had to scroll through here to figure out who who was lower in the rankings, but I remembered that one of my guys ended up jumping really high um, after his win a few weeks ago. But listen to these recent finishes, guys. Fifth, sixth, second, 31st, which was bad because there was only like 38 people playing. Um, <laughs> third and first, 15th. Going back, what we talk about this course needs. You need to be a long driver. You need to be a straight driver. You need to be a good iron player. What checks off all those boxes? Another local guy, Victor Hovland. Oh, like yeah. So I think that – I mean, he's – we see it here. He's, a top, he's been top six machine his last three events. Um, finished third all the way back at the um, the World Tour Championship in Dubai. Won, obviously, at Mayakoba. And so, I mean, if there's any course to set up well for him, I think it would. I'm not – look, I look back on it. Some of his Florida tournaments, he didn't particularly play well. I'm not sure if that has to do with the Bermuda effect or maybe it's just – I mean, we all have those times of the year where we don't play well. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to dissect. He's only been on the tour for a year and a half now. So Maybe he's tired from that drive down to Florida. But very good, but very good point. But he did play good in uh, in Puerto Rico, which had Bermuda as well. Very, yeah, you very know? good point. So, yeah, um, yeah. The yeah. defending champ not in Puerto Rico this year because the defending champ is Victor Hovland. Right, exactly. Because the WGC and and the, the Puerto Rico champion actually won another tournament. You're right, the Puerto, Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. Hovland broke, broke the curse. That's how you know he's a great player. By the way, Victor Hovland has yet to win in the United States. Two well, PGA Tour wins, no wins in the United States. That's impressive. Fun fact yeah. for the day. There you go. Uh, my first one and done pick for the WGC is going to be my pick to win the tournament, Cam Smith. Now, my one and done picks this week are because uh, this is a big tournament, so I want to run out the best guys that I can possibly run out without using my guys that I want to use in the majors. So yep. I think Cam Smith, I don't necessarily see him as a major winner this year, but in a tournament like this, I think that in some good form, obviously, um, coming off last week at the Genesis, Cam Smith, I'm going with my one and done. Yeah, so, I awesome. like Cam Smith. You got a second one? And then my, yeah, all right. So then my second one, like I was saying with the majors, um, the one, one of the majors is at Torrey. The other one is at Royal St. George's. And then, obviously, Augusta. I don't see Patrick Reed winning any of those this year, even though he's won at Augusta and Torrey. I don't see him doing it again this year. So... Patrick Reed. I'm right. going with my one and done. Hey, and if you get Let's him out of the way now, you don't have to root for him the rest of the year. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. I, I always I run him out every year at Century. Every year, first term of the year at Century, I run out Patrick Reed because <laughs> he plays that course great like one out of every three years. And I'm like, hey, now I don't have to root for him for 51 more weeks. I agree. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And even off the rare occasion where you pick him in DraftKings, but even then I try to steer away unless I'm just like, oh, I know he's going to have a good week. Because it's, it's just a gut thing. I just hate rooting for the guy. All right, so my, my next pick, guys – if you would have told me a few, a few, especially a few years ago, this guy would be a top five player in the world, I think we all would have said, "Man, I think you're an idiot." God, but, Taylor, get off my one and done picks, Colby. Okay, we have a different change of venue here, but just to go back, this since this tournament was in Mexico, this gentleman has finished sixth, nineteenth, third, and tenth at this tournament. So, if we're based on a time of year perspective, this gentleman knows what he's doing. And read off some of his recent finishes. Tied six, tied twenty second, first won the Abu Dhabi HSBC, uh, going back finished eighth back in, in the uh, in the winter, and then twenty third going back, and then even going back further than that finished seventh at the Houston Open. That's Terrell Hatton, top five player in the world at a course where driving and accuracy and ball striking is pertinent. 
I think I would be shocked if Hatton was not in the top 10. I don't know what his odds are for a top 10 finish, but that would be one of my best bets of the week would be a Hatton top 10. Yeah, I like, obviously, I was getting on to you for stealing my pick. I love that pick. I love Tyrrell Hatton this week. And, and this is another guy where I don't necessarily think that Tyrrell Hatton's going to break through and become a major champion this year. So at that point, you, you're going to run him out at the players or the WGC? Because he's top five player in the world. You want to use him at a big event. You want to use him when there's a big purse, but yet I don't want to use him at a major championship. So I think that this is the perfect time. Plays well in Florida. Obviously had the win uh, last year at Bay Hill, so he likes the way he's playing. And he's playing good golf. You know, he won over in Europe, but even his other results uh, over there, and of course I don't have the European Tour results up in front of me, but he's had, I mean, top tens, top fives galore. Yeah, yeah. Hatton, Hatton at the Saudi International um, finished tied six at Omega Dubai, finished tied 22nd, and then won uh, the HSBC Abu Dhabi, which were all, I mean, but they're on the European tour. They don't matter. Right. Paul Ings, but, but he's so. playing the best golf of his career. For, is, for the last calendar year, he's played the best golf of his career. I'll say this. I, you, you say he doesn't have a ma- I think if Hatton was going to win a major, I think it would be the Open Championship. He traditionally plays well there, yeah. and the tough conditions could help him. But like you said, I think that, especially to, you know, kind of, Obviously, we got a lot more tournaments left, but I feel like I'm chasing a little bit. I mean, when I do too, you know, you, you, you want to chase a little bit, and so I, 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 I'm. I'm like I said, I'd be shocked if Hatton has a bad week this week. So might as well go ahead and get a little bit of coin to get up there in the field, especially with Bay Hill and the players coming up after that, which are another two. The players, I believe, is the biggest purse of the year besides the the year end uh, tour championship. Yes, yes. Yep. So Sam, you've got Cameron Smith and Patrick Reed. Yep. I have got Tyrrell Hatton and Louis Tyson. You've got Tyrrell Hatton and Hovland and Victor Hovland. Absolutely. Yep. So this should be a good week. Running out some guns this week. And for then the WGC. Our, our, our Puerto Rico picks were Vegas. I have Thomas Peters. You have Emilio and Grill. Yes. And by yep. the way, that's. Jonathan Vegas, not Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What happens in hey, Vegas stays in Vegas. Um, just one more thing before we go. Uh, I wanted to mention that OU and OSU are both going down to the Cabo Collegiate, but the Cabo Collegiate is in uh, is at TPC San Antonio, so don't oh, get confused. Oh, that's a it's, bummer. Does it say if it's the Oaks or the Canyons it, it, course? Uh, it does not say. It's down in San Antonio. Um, it'll start on March 1st, so we'll be able to talk about it Monday, but I just wanted to let everyone know before um, we have our show Monday in Tuesday next week, we that OU and OSU is going down to San Antonio to play. Yeah, and to put it in perspective, um, the Oaks course is the Greg Norman design that they play the Valero Texas Open on every year. The Canyons course is a Pete Dye design where they normally play. I don't know if they still play a Champions Tour event there, but I know they used to. And um, one last thing before we get out of here, I was re-listening to the podcast yesterday, and I, I misquoted a, a stat, and I wanted to correct myself. I, I mentioned Lee Trevino had seven major championships. He only has six. I wanted to, to yes. clarify because don't I don't... Don't be giving I, guys extra majors. <laughs> Hey, man, if it's hey, tight. If, if Trevino's got seven, I've got one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, hey, Ricky Fowler's got one. The players. He's got the players. He's so. got the players. <laughs> and I won the Valley last summer. A flight. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is that is like a major compared to your previous five years. It like is. Like we talked about, you learn off of your mistakes to make better on your Yeah, on your I, spent, I spent like six or seven years in B flight, finishing top five and could never win. <laughs> and then last year I started in B flight, played the best golf of my life, got bumped up to A flight and won A flight. You know, so you it's know just we weird how that, golf works. You know what we call that, Sam? in the scramble world sandbagger sandbagger we call it getting on a heater is what we call it by the way a lot of local guys in action this week especially in puerto rico michael gellerman is in the field he had a good uh, finish last week on the corn ferry so hopefully he can back that up this week in puerto rico bo van pelt uh is still on his uh, exemption playing down in puerto rico this week hunter mahan is in the field this week as well former oklahoma state cowboy uh looking to get himself some form back uh yeah just quite a few guys peter uline reen gibson both in the field this week in puerto rico as well and i'll go with reen down in puerto rico you like Rian in Puerto yep. Rico? Think it suits him? 
Yep. Um, let's see. Well, who did I miss here? Christopher Ventura in the field this week as well. Those are all the guys in Puerto Rico. Did you, with mean, local did you mention Hunter Mahan? I did, yeah. Hunter yeah. Mahan looking for his game. I, I would love to see him get his game back. Oh, I would too, man. I, 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 him or Bo Van Pell, either one of those guys, to see them on the leaderboard on Sunday would be awesome. Before we get out of here, one, one last little debate. I used to have this debate all the time with my college friends. I had half of them on my side, half of them against me. When Hunter Mahan was in, when in his prime, what would you rate his swing on scale of 1 to 10? Oh, it was good. Did you, um, did you like his swing, Sam? 8.5. I was going to say 8 was my I, number. I, I, I always really liked his swing. And I had some friends that liked it. A lot of people would tell me it was too mechanical and said that it just didn't look natural. I, I, I never saw it that way. I always thought he had a phenomenal swing. I I thought especially as When, when he was with Foley? I thought his swing when he was with Foley was, was pretty good, too. I, that's, that's, that's the exact same time period we're talking about. And I, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that because I had always thought he had a, a, a really good swing. But I've not even from my friends, just from other critics, heard where it just looks a little too mechanical. But I never got that feeling. I just want to see if y'all ever got. I, I thought other. it looked very controlled. I, I thought it looked very re- repeatable, and that's yeah. what you wanted a golf. You want a golf swing to be repeatable, and I, yeah. I thought it looked like that. His chipping, yeah. his chipping stroke wasn't repeatable. You're dialing my memory back quite a long ways now that we're talking about Hunter Mann and his prime. But you know, we forget yeah. how good he was. Yeah, I know he, he was, was good. so he was a good. Baller, dude. Yeah, I mean, I one thing that it was kind of like my um, one of the cool moments you get in golf where like you get to be up next to one of the guys that you looked up to. I played in a tournament down in Dallas in an AJGA called the Hunter Mahan. Um, and then when I qualified, when I was later on in college, I qualified uh, for the U.S. Open sectionals and played in the group ahead of Hunter Mahan. And, I mean, it, it, like, the guy, first of all, the guy was super nice to me. I said hello and told him who I was, whatever. I, he wouldn't remember it or anything. But he was super nice. And But, you know, like, when I, I was watching him on the range, and this was – Obviously, he's trying to qualify for the U.S. Open. It doesn't have his game that he used to have. But everything looked good still. It's still somewhere in there. I'd love to see him uh, maybe have a great week this week. Back Back in 2012, his highest ranking in the world, fourth. Wow. Got up to fourth. Who's fourth in the world currently? Just, Shoff- just for Shoffley, for, wow. for point of reference. And, I mean, that's how high Hunter Mahan was. Before we get out of here, guys, one thing we did not do. We did not do the Puerto Rico strength of field is not out yet, so we can't do it. Let's play the strength of field guessing game on the Ooh. WGC uh, Workday does, Championship. Uh, let me ask a question. Does yes, uh, How many people are in the field? Does that have to do with strength of field as well? Or? It, 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 it does predominantly. It's predominantly based on how many top 200 players in the world are playing the tournament. So... It's going to be a little lower than you would think because there's not that many guys in the it, tournament. It, it's pretty high, but it's it's for the limited amount of field that's higher than you would think. Let's put it that way. Okay. You guessed first last week, Sam. I'll guess first this week. Riv was 620 last week. I'm trying to compare it to the field at Riv. I think it's comparable, maybe even a little better because you've got maybe a couple more guys at the top. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 680 this week for the WGC Workday. I'll go 720. Sam is closer. What is it? It is jackpot. Seven, seven, seven. Wow, seven wow. seventy-seven. Almost really? That. Boy, that's a stacked field. I mean, so I know for, for the amount, the lack of players that it has, it's not a hundred forty-four person field. No, right. I mean it's what eighty-five or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I mean to have that high strength field, that's that's one of the reasons why I picked picked the players that I did because I mean while you know obviously like last week JT Rory and all them missed the cut and so you never know what can happen but. Tough golf course that we haven't seen before. You got to think the people that are playing the best and the best are going to prevail. I mean, that's just that's just what you have to go off of. For, yeah. So, for, for at least a point of reference. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, some good golf to be played this week. I want to remind everyone: Taylor Gooch interview coming your way next couple of days here on the seventy third hole. Keep a close eye out for that. Also, uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday or early Wednesday morning, make sure you tune into the Sports Animal with Craig Humphreys tomorrow morning. I'll be on with him at about nine forty five to break down this week's action. Uh, also. 
also to talk about our interview with, with Taylor Gooch, which is going to be great. That'll be an in-person interview. We're going to get into uh, everything that he goes through on the tour and just life as a tour player. Now, for you, Colby, w- that's 98.1 WWS. Yes. And for, so for anyone out there who's not in the Oklahoma area, you know. You, you can, can also look- get it on iHeartRadio if you're in Tulsa because I know that my dad is not on uh, on the Tulsa animal. Oh, so iHeartRadio okay. if you're not in the Oklahoma City area. Absolutely. Yep. So, okay, perfect. Yep, everybody check that out. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Make sure you head over to GolfOklahoma.org as well. Wherever you listen to this podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever the case may be, go in, subscribe, give us a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And we greatly, greatly appreciate you listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.